let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you because you're good and you are always good to us. And thank you because your mercies endure forever. Thank you for gift of life. Thank you because we enter into this new month. And I believe this new month shall be a season of increase on every side. We will not miss the instructions that you are bringing to us in this season. In the name of Jesus, grant me offerings tonight. Grant your people understanding. Let the word come with clarity, with simplicity, with precision, and with power. Let it instruct men in righteousness. Let it bring liberation and transformation in the name of Jesus. I arrest the airwaves for your glory in the name of Jesus. Every speed of buying and selling is arrested in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name have we prayed. Amen. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Um, so far, by the message of God, we'll be able to complete the teachings on Ephesians chapter 1. And I want to encourage you to go back to these teachings. Go on our audio platform and download them. They will be of immense blessing to you. All right. So, by the grace of God, in this session, we want to begin, you know, from Ephesians chapter 2. Understanding of God's word is very key to transformation. Okay? Your level of understanding of God's word will help and aid you in your daily life. And so, it's very important that we strive for understanding of God's word. And thank God we have the Holy Spirit on our side who is there to continually become a revealer of truth. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, when he comes, he will guide us to all truth. Because, listen, truth itself can kill if it is not guided. And thank God the Holy Spirit is there to guide us into all truth. And for us to truly grow, truth must be sequential. For us to truly grow, truth must be sequential. And that is why the Influence Center here, we're ensuring that this truth are sequential, lines upon lines, you know, precepts upon precepts. So very quickly, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2 and let's see how far the Lord will help us to cover tonight. Ephesians 2, and let's read verse 1. The Bible says, And you, he made a life who were dead, in trespasses and sins i repeat and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins so who is the you the you is talking about the saints because this is brother paul writing to the future church the you here is talking about the saints. he said you he made alive but what were you before you were made alive he said you were dead in trespasses and sin so you realize that this verse 1 immediately is showing us, is revealing to us our history before we came into Christ. Referring to, re- revealing to us our history. Now, if you notice in chapter 1, one of the underlying themes that kept reoccurring in that chapter 1 is encouraging us to be confident in who we are in Christ and he begins to reveal to us who we are in Christ and he expects us he encourages us to be confident now by the way verse 2 starts he said you he he made a life who were dead in sins and 
trespasses. So therefore, immediately we begin to see that the underlying theme that is going to be for this chapter is that we should forget the past and we must not allow our past to determine our future. You, he made a life. Who was once dead in trespasses and sin? There are a lot of people today that the limitation of their life is because of their past. They've continually allow their background to bring their backs to the ground they are they've continually on they have continually tied themselves to the events of the past listen carefully what is past is past in christ now you have been made alive hallelujah also like i said this verse reveals to us our history before we come into Christ. But now let's study the verse critically. The Bible says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. So what does it mean to say dead? Now you must understand that from the perspective of scripture, dead does not mean cease to exist. Dead or death does not mean annihilation. Okay? According to the Bible, death means separation. Okay, and the Bible reveals to us three types of death, and they include physical death, spiritual death, and the second death. Okay, so now the physical death speaks of the separation of the body from the spirit and soul. Now, don't forget that man is a spirit that has a soul and lives in the body. Man is a spirit that has a soul and lives in the body. Are you following me now? All right. So, physical death is the separation of one's body from the spirit and soul. Our body came from dust, it will return to dust. Our spirit and soul came from God, it will definitely return to God. It will either return to God for judgment or condemnation, judgment of rewards, or judgment of condemnation, okay? So that's physical death, separation of the body from the spirit and soul. What is spiritual death? Spiritual death is the separation of our spirit from the spirit of God, okay? That is why the Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he becomes a new creature, okay? Not a rebranded creature, a new one. How did we became old? Because God did not create old creatures in the beginning. Okay? So how did man become old? It became old when sin entered. Okay? So anything that sin tampers with automatically becomes old. Okay? So the Bible says if a man is now in Christ, he becomes a new creature. So spiritual death, which is the state of so many people today, whereby their spirit is separated from the spirit of God. Okay? They don't there's no union between their spirit and the spirit of God. So you may be physically living and be spiritually dead. Okay? Because if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and personal savior, you may be breathing, living physically. That means your your human spirit has not separated from your body yet. But you may be spiritual dead because your human spirit has not, you know, um, has not 
been in union with the spirit of God. So you see in this scripture, you say you he said, and you he made a life who were dead. Now these people they were not physically dead, but he said they usually they they used to be spiritually dead. He said, but they now have been made alive. How did they made alive? Because the spirit of life entered into their human spirit, and the spirit of sin left their human spirit. Are you following me now? Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we have what we call the spiritual death. The second, the third one is the second death. And that, and that you can easily see in the book of Revelations, chapter 19, I think verse 20 or 21, thereabout, which speaks of the second death. And second death in simple terms means hellfire. And what that speak, speaks of is the forever separation of the spirit of man from the spirit of God. Okay, because at that point, the Bible did not show us that there is any hope for salvation anymore. So it's a forever separation. Spiritual death is like a temporary separation because you still have the opportunity to receive Christ. But immediately you die without Christ. Mm, that's all. That is why there is this popular mantra that says, if you are born once, you will die twice. So if you are born once means if your only birth was your physical birth, and you did not accept Jesus, you will die the physical death. And because even when you were alive, you were spiritually dead, you will also die the second death. Okay? And then if you were born twice, you may die once. Because not you will die once, because there are people that probably will not see physical death. If the trumpet sound today, we will not, some of us here will not see physical death. Okay, but if Jesus tarries as we grow old. We may have to leave this earthly body. So, <coughs> so if you are born twice, that means you had a physical bath and you also became born again, the worst that could happen is physical death. Because when you, Brother Paul said so, he said, I'm in twist between two ways that I want to be absent in the body and present with the Lord. So that's how it is. You are absent in the body. You are that's why when a believer dies, we shouldn't really mourn. We only mourn because we will, oftentimes we mourn because we know we will miss them on this side of eternity. But they have actually transitioned to the to glory. A, be, a believer in Christ, death is a transition. But for somebody who is not a believer, death is termination. I repeat, for a believer in Christ, death is transition. But for someone who is not a believer, death is termination because he's going to die the second death. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, so I've shared all the three types of death. We're still in verse 1. He made a life who were dead in trespassing and sin. And we've tried to understand what is death because. If we don't know where we are coming from, we may not be able to appreciate where we are going. So Apostle Paul said, we used to be dead. That used to be our history. He said, but now we have been made alive. But we were dead in what? He said, we were dead in trespasses and sin. So what is trespass? Okay. It, in, what is trespass? Okay. So don't forget, death means we are separated from God. Okay. But what does it mean? He said, we were dead in something. We were dead in trespasses and sin. So what does that trespass mean? It means opposite of God's plan for us. That's what trespass means. When you, when, you, when you are in trespass, that means you are walking in opposite of God's plan for your life. Now, it's not only enough that you are not born again, but you are now walking against the destiny direction of God for your life. Then you are in trespass. 
So what of sin? Say you were in dead in trespass and sin. What of sin? Sin means missing the mark of God's standard of living. So God, there's a standard God has set for everybody that we ought to live, okay? And the truth is this, we cannot meet that standard by our strength, by our own effort. And that is why he has sent his son to die for us so that he can become the payment for our sins and also enable us, empower us to live the kind of life God expects us to live. And Jesus Christ modeled the kind of life we are to live when he was on earth. And there are a lot of people too that have continually modeled that. And God has made the spirit of God available to us so that we can also be empowered to live above sin. Don't forget Romans chapter 6 and verse 14 says, Sin shall no longer have dominion over you. It said, Because of what you said, you are no longer under the law, but you're under grace. So, under grace, you have been empowered to live under sin because sin has loosed its grip to dominate you. If you are under law, the Bible was speaking in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I think verse 51 and 52 thereabout, if I'm not mistaken, that he said the strength of sin is the law. The strength of sin is the law. So if a man is under the law, okay, he can be dominated by sin. But if you are under grace, sin has loosed his code to dominate you. So you can only sin by your by by cooperation and permission. And so, and whenever we lose God. And um, just like one, one of God's servants said, he said, when we become prayerless, it becomes easy for us to fall into temptation easily. And that's true. When we begin to lose fellowship with God, then we begin, you know, to become vulnerable to the temptations of the devil. And that's what the Bible tells us in Galatians 5 and verse 25. In Galatians 5 verse 16, I mean, he said, if you walk in the, he said, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh walk in spirit you will not gratify the desires of the flesh so what who are we before we came into christ we were dead in sins and trespass but what has happened now because we have accepted jesus we are being made alive hallelujah our spirit has come alive and that life in our spirit can flow to our soul can flow to our bodies hallelujah thank you jesus so we move to verse 2 the bible says in which you once walk according to the course of this world according to the princes of the power the prince of the power of the air the spirit who now walks in the sons of who of disobedience of course, you know, this is a con- context. Started from verse 1. And he made alive, and he and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walk. That is your history. You once walk in what? According to the course of this word. So from that scripture, immediately you realize that this word has its own course. This word has its own ways of doing things. And the ways of this world are always opposite to God's way. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 55 verse 8, he said, for I know the thoughts are, he said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, 
neither are my ways your ways as far as the heaven is from the earth. He says, so are my ways not far from your ways. So this world has its own course. Okay? This world has its own way of duty and they are always opposite. And the Bible says, when we used to be, when we used to be, when we used to be, what? Dead in trespasses. We were walking according to the way. So you realize that if a man is not born again, he is dominated. Okay? But the sad news, or what is what saddens, and I guess this is, not I guess, and this is what makes this apostle to write them, okay, is that there are people that have been made alive, yet they are still living their lives, you know, as if they have not been made alive, so they are still walking according to the ways of the devil, okay? So, the ways of this world is controlled by the devil, who is the prince of the power of the air. That's one of his titles. The prince of the power of the air. Notice, he said, according. So, that means to say, if one is not born again, he is directly influenced, his ways, his thoughts are directly influenced by the prince of the power of the air, which is the devil. Hallelujah. So, according to this verse, who are the sons of disobedience? Because he said, that spirit is who now walks, not who will walk. That spirit is walking and is walking in who? The sons of disobedience. So according to this scripture, who are the sons of disobedience? This disobedience here is not referring to a disobedient action. It's referring to a disobedient nature. Are you following me now? So who are the sons of disobedience? Because he's making disobedience like a father. Said sons of disobedience. Okay, so what are the sons of those sons of disobedience are those who either refuse or reject the love of Christ. Okay, who have rejected or refused salvation. So they are what they are sons of disobedience. They are sons. Jesus Christ called some Pharisees. He said, "You have the he said you have your father the devil." I think in John chapter eight, you have your father the devil. So. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, it's as good to say that the devil is your father. Okay? And the Bible says you are, you are walking according. And that's why I tell people, you know, I've oftentimes heard men of God who will say certain things like, um, probably if you, want, if you want to get money, if you want to be blessed, you don't even need to come to church. Listen, um, you don't need to come to church. Stuff like, you, all you need is to have business school and stuff. Listen, listen. As, as, you know, fanciful that may be, it's not the truth. It's not the whole truth. Why? Because our journey is different. That's the truth. There is the way God does his own thing. And there is the way the world does his own thing. The way God does his own thing is different from the way the world does his own thing. Okay? So... The world can get whatever they want to get by any means, either moral or immoral. The one for the way of God must always be in the righteous with integrity, moral. I mean, so there's a lot that is involved. Are you getting me? And the Bible speaks that those that are not born again, the spirit of the prince, the spirit of the devil is at work in them. Either they want to accept it, either they want to believe it or not, but the truth is that they are being influenced by the devil. And there are some of us, even there are believers, who are not also paying attention to the, to the Lord, 
we are also allowing the devil to influence us by our own permission. So, because this is our past, and we must not continue to live in the past. We must not continue to live in the past. We must not allow sin to continue to dominate us because you have been empowered. And I pray that in the name of God, this truth begins to enter you. It begins to cause a conviction. And if there is anyone that is under any form of addiction, this truth will set you free in the name of Jesus. Alright, so let's go to verse 3. He said, Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. This is there's quite a lot to unpack here. But it's still following the same trend from verse 1 to verse 2, verse 3, telling us our history. Because without an history, there will not be a current affairs. So it's telling us our history so that we can appreciate better our current affairs, our current situation. Okay? Alright, and so what did he say here? Okay, he said, among whom we also once were. So today we are in Christ, but we were once by nature the children of wrath. That's what the Bible says. We were once by nature. And if you look at um, Psalms 51 verse 5, you know, David said, in iniquity my, mo- my mother gave birth to me. So that's what it means by nature. We were children of wrath when we were not saved, when we were not in Christ. Okay? When we were not in Christ. And this script, this verse also reveals to us, okay, the way the enemy gets us the most. And how? By our desires. He said, we were also once, he said, who, among whom we also, we all once conducted ourselves in the lost. Lost speaks of strong desires. Strong desires that are inordinate. Strong desires that are desires that are not in line with the will of God. So this seems, this becomes the, the, the way the enemy always wants to draw us. And, and, and this agrees with James. The book of James, where the Bible says, let no one, James chapter 1 and verse 13, where the Bible says, let no one, let no one claim that he's tempted by God. He said, everyone is tempted when he's drawn towards his own lust. You know, there's a prayer we used to pray as I was growing up in faith, is that may the devil not know your price. And what does that prayer simply mean? May the devil not use your desires to finish you. Because the devil has been here. I often tell people, without the Holy Spirit, the devil is wiser than you. I'm telling you, he has dealt with so many kind of you. How old are you? He's been here for over thousands of years. Dealt with several men. So without the help of the Holy Spirit, the devil is wiser than you. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can take advantage of that and be wiser than the enemy. Praise God. Say we once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. Alright, let's begin to round off in this verse 3. We're still in verse 3. So we see that um, our desires, okay, are one way the enemy gets us easily. And without a nature of God, it will be difficult to have a desire for God. And that's the truth. Without the nature of God, it will be difficult to have this. And that's why we all need salvation. The first thing they need, a sinner needs is not money, it's salvation. 
telling you the truth. Because you can't truly have a desire for God without the nature of God. Because even those of us that have the nature of God, you know, the devil is still playing us. So not to talk of somebody who doesn't have the nature of God at all. So we were once condemned in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we are by nature children of wrath, just as the other, who were the others here, is talking about those that are still the sons of disobedience. Okay? So, if any man physically die in his sinful nature, he will be partaker of God's wrath. If any man physically dies without accepting Jesus, he will be partaker of God's wrath. Not because <laughs> it's the will of God. The Bible already tells us that hell is made not for man. Hell is made for the devil and his angels. Okay? But if you reject salvation, that means you are rejecting the payment Jesus made for you. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. If you reject the gift of God, then you must be ready to receive the wages of sin. And so, if you are here listening to me, and you have truly not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Pastor, you've not had that encounter, tonight is your night. Why don't you accept this gift of eternal life so that you don't become partakers of His wrath? God's wrath has been revealed. That's what Romans chapter 1 and verse 18 tells us. Sorry, not Romans chapter 1 verse 18. I think Romans chapter 1 verse 8 there about that the wrath of God has been revealed. It has not been released yet. The only time it has been released, it has been released to the body of Jesus Christ. Okay? So that he can pay for your sin and my sin. But if you refuse that payment, then you will pay yourself. And that day of release is the day of judgment. I pray that you will not be partaker of God's wrath. So receive his love today so that you can become partaker of his wrath. We used to be, let it remain like that. Now that God has made an investment of your life, let your life reflect that investment God has made over your life. That love he has showed you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe you have gotten something today. I believe the truth has come alive to your heart today. Let's come together and become the light. The Bible says, we sit is set on a hill and we ought not to be hidden. Thank you, Father. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you because your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you because you're bringing back our souls to you. Glory to your holy name. Let this word continue to do a quick walk and it is cut short in righteousness. Glory to your holy name. In Jesus' mighty name have I prayed. Amen. You know, lastly, uh, some of you have opted to be a volunteer. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I'll reach out to you soon and then we can begin to carry this labor together and become laborers, co-laborers in the vineyard of God. God bless you. I love you and I celebrate you.